0: This podcast is brought to you by the Dunfield Retirement Residence, a casually elegant retirement community located at Young and Eglinton in the heart of Midtown Toronto. Customized living options complement your independent, active lifestyle. Learn more at thedunfield.com.
1: Hey everybody, we're the Men's warmers. I'm Jamie. And I'm here with my co-host Gabe. Gabe, how you doing, buddy?
2: I'm alright. We're knee-deep in another sports anti-Semitism controversy.
1: Well, I wanted to start off by saying, uh, you know, obviously there's a really big news story about anti-Semitism in the NBA that we're going to focus most of the episode on. Uh, and I'm talking, of course, about the great NBA legend Kareem Abdul-Jabbar being honoured by the Friends of the Simon Wiesenthal Centre uh, for standing up to anti-Semitism. Uh, this happened on October 26th uh, here in Toronto and uh, it was the the Center Spirit of Hope event. He was in front of a crowd of 1,200 people. Uh, The pictures from the event are great if you'd like to see pictures of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and his seven feet towering over Jews who uh, I'm going to say are 5'8 on a good day. Uh, Kareem has been someone we've talked about in the past due to his, you know, I would say, I I think at this point it's it's fair to say, courageous work uh, against anti-Semitism, calling out double standards and anti-Semitism In Hollywood and sports, uh, and he has rightly been—he has now rightly been honored by the Simon Wiesenthal Center. uh, And you know,
2: but sorry, the friends of the Simon Wiesenthal Center—I want to clarify that. Just the Simon Wiesenthal Center are are and have always been Nazi hunters, which they still are, which kicks ass. But this is the friends of the Simon Wiesenthal friends of the Simon Wiesenthal Center, Wiesenthal Center, which are is yep. sort of like a cultural advancement organization. Yeah, um, I, they're sort of supporting the Nazi hunters through fundraising and such. That's right, and so I um, so they've given Kareem the the award. And so I just want Simon Wiesenthal Center also gave him an award for uh, dunking <laughs> on some German player back in the <laughs> 1980s.
1: Yeah, so just to share something that that uh, Kareem said at the at the event. He said, You know, I get condemnation from people who don't like to, who don't want to see any progress. And I get support from people who understand that what people like Kanye West have to say is intolerable. Uh, so again, kudos to Kareem for standing up for this and, and rightly giving this award. So all of that happened. Uh, that was about a week ago. And since then, there has, of course, been a, a, a more significant uh, scale <laughs> no, of no, sorts, no. an NBA anti Semitism yeah. story. Uh, and that is, of course, the linking by Kyrie Irving to a documentary. Uh, called from he- from Hebrews to ne- Hebrews to Negroes, uh, which is uh, based off a book that uh, is sort of based in Black Hebrew and Israelite ideology, uh, w- the-
2: which is sort of based off the proto-calls of the Elders. Of Zion. Yeah,
1: and I should say at the top that we have a great interview with Rivka Campbell coming up. Uh, Rivka is a fellow podcaster for the Canadian Jewish News, uh, as well as being the executive director of Beth Tikva Synagogue. Uh, she was, you know, very. Uh, gracious to join us and, and talk a little bit about the origins of black, Israel, black Hebrew Israelite faith. Uh, we think that part of the conversation about Kyrie has not really delved into it enough about what exactly BHI talks about and what, and what they do. So we will get into that uh, with, with Rivka. Um, but just to sort of lay bare the the parts of the Kyrie story for anyone who hasn't heard it yet, he, he linked to this documentary uh, that, you know, people sort of, I think we're, we're, rightly suspicious of and then few people having watched it and I I should say I've watched it as well I I now have watched it it relies on
2: yeah uh, big ups big ups to James (laughs) I want to publicly recognize James for sitting through a three-hour anti-semitic propaganda video for you the list I
1: have the world series on in the background absolutely did I skip through some of the more uh phrenology parts of the documentary (laughs) yes
2: but I did watch it so of of course you would you have the brain pan of a stagecoach tender (laughs)
1: Um, So, yes, the documentary is, uh, you know, sort of based on the idea that uh, or the whole idea of it is that Jews, as we call ourselves, Ashkenazi and Sephardic Jews are uh, just Europeans pretending to be Jews uh, and that the actual Israelites who lived in Judea at the time of uh, at at the time of the settling of the the kingdom of Israel, migrated to Africa and became the people who comprise all of Africa and were then taken to North America as slaves, North American and Caribbean as slaves, and that uh, their descendants, basically all African Americans, are the real Jews. And I don't know what the point of that is. At the end, at the end, it doesn't really make a point. It doesn't say like they're the inheritors of the of the of the legacy of Judaism, or that they're you know the actual chosen people. It does sort of talk about that, but it all sort of is is just you know fundamentally this Jewish replacement theory, uh, Jew, Jews around the world conspiracy theory, and it's all sort of based on that. And and I think the points that were most um, picked upon by people who, you know, like me tuned into the documentary were one uh, a fake quote attributed to Adolf Hitler, Uh, Adolf misspelled with a pH as, as Gabe thinks is, thinks is hilarious. Um, That, that says that, you know,
2: well maybe it's a different guy. Maybe it's like the Adolf Hitler (laughs) from, you know, uh, Jersey. Right. So
1: that, that fake quote basically says something about, you know, the Jews in America uh, you know, have used uh, black labor for their for their means, that they're using black muscle uh, to create a, you know, a new world order or something like that. It's not even a real quote, but what it does, you know, is is say the same thing that the Klan has been saying about Jews and blacks in America for years. Um, and the other, you know, sort of most glaring anti-Semitic point is a fake interview uh, with, with a Jewish person that suggests that Jews invented the myth of 6 million people dying in the Holocaust and that that's the basis for... Uh, Jewish power in the world that, that you know, they all rely on, uh, sorry, that, that Jews rely on the idea that six million people died to to do what they want in the world now. So those are the, those are the really glaring parts. I mean, I would say that like, on a whole, the documentary's focus is not like vilifying um, Jews or anti-Semitism. Its it focus is the sort of extremely, extremely quasi-academic ideas that comprise Black Hebrew, Israelite, theology i suppose is, is maybe a generous way of putting it that you know the sort of using the bible as a historic document and then some like i guess wordplay about the biblical character shem and the word semitic and um <laughs> and then a lot of phrenology it's and very like bizarre very very poorly done um sort of like dna work that i think wouldn't stand up to any scrutiny um so yeah it's it's you know. It, We got we we got into
2: it's 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 sort of like a standard run of the mill conspiracy theory. Um, I do also want to point out this is not sort of the first time Kanye West Kanye West, I'm sorry, this is not the first time Kyrie Irving or Kanye West has said something sort of publicly anti-Semitic. You know, in addition to support for parts of the BHI movement, uh, Kyrie has previously said that he thinks the global banking cartel killed JFK, um, which is often sort of a dog whistle. Uh, repeated, and that the earth is flat. I'm not quite sure how that has to do with Judaism. Um, But I mean, someone probably knows. Uh, Yeah, I mean, if you've got a conspiracy theory about Jews and flat earthers, tell us.
1: Yeah, I mean, along with that, I mean, the anti-vaccination position he took last year, uh, and, you know, not playing half the season, basically, and losing out on millions and millions of dollars in salary, uh, was a big story for Kyrie last year as well. So um I guess maybe people aren't shocked that this is the person it's happened to. He, he did tweet out uh, something about Alex Jones a couple months ago. And that actually, uh, I, I think Kareem said something about as well. It was just being like, you know, you're, you're, dude, I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but he, he did chastise Kyrie for that. Um, so here's the aftermath. Um, Kyrie had a sort of bizarre press conference where he doubled down on the things there. You know, this is all part of his exploration of, of uh, who he is and research and stuff like that. Uh, you know, sort of all this, all this nonsense. He didn't apologize. He has now just as of today, uh, they've issued a joint statement with the anti-defamation league uh, that both he and the Brooklyn Nets, the team he
2: plays for. I think it's negotiated through his father. Yeah.
1: I think his mom, his stepmom's his agent. So that's probably why they are involved as well. Um, but yeah. then both Kyrie and the Nets will be donating $500,000 Quote towards causes and organizations that work to eradicate hate and, and intolerance in our communities. So I don't know if that means Jewish organizations. I, I hmm. guess I suppose it doesn't have to, but uh, I don't know. I, I look. I think the thing that we're going to talk about here is that you know let's let's take it for granted that what he did was anti-Semitic. I, I don't think we need to debate that and and or play devil's advocate on that. Uh, I don't think he needs a lot of uh, deference about. You know, he, he, he's doing research, investigation, whatever. Any,
2: any of that nonsense you want to say? He, 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 he's just asking questions, as we talked about earlier. He's not no, just asking
1: questions. He, he, he's not. He, he's an adult. He's 30 years old. You know, he can he can, he can can act like an adult. He can be anti-Semitic. He's not, you know, I, I think I, I, I was listening to Bill Simmons and Roger Bell talk about it earlier today. And both of them were very, and Roger Bell, like, you know, knows him, worked with him in Cleveland. was saying, like, you know, he's being influenced by certain people. Uh, you know, he's being told things that aren't, and it's like, it's not, it's not true. He's not being influenced by anyone. He's the influencer. Like, if you are on Twitter, if you are on, uh, any social media that's been talking about this, the amount of people who are echoing what he said and defending what he said is astronomical. It's unbelievable. It's not, doesn't necessarily outweigh yes. the people who are saying, obviously, what he does is anti Semitic. Obviously, what he does is wrong. But what I'm saying is that it, he is the influencer. He, he has a platform and he knows that. I, it, it, you know, it, it is that, uh, i don't know it, 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 it's unnecessary to sort of de- defend the base of what he's saying take him at face value he's showing us who he is he believes in this sort of stuff uh you know he, he uh is it's fine at the very least playing fast and loose with anti-semitism and uh you can media that that i don't know denies the
2: holocaust I, you can't get you can't get more it, you don't need more than that that can be enough, right and- I would say, yeah, if, if you're just asking questions, the question did the Holocaust actually happened is not a question that is just asked. Right.
1: I think that's a good point.
2: And Right, like it is it's Yeah. Yeah. It's it's something, you know, there's there are like there's sort of a question of how one gets or uses access to documentaries or or sort of material like this. Like there's a uh you know, obviously it is good to Question the media. Be media literate. That is a perfectly fine thing to do. I would also say that there is sort of a a tier of alternative media. You know, your Alex Joneses and the like that leads you down a rabbit hole into this stuff. And at that point, you know, there's it's no longer helping you get informed and actively misinforming. And it, it, he's certainly crossed onto that crossed that particular Rubicon um, into anti-Semitism today. So it's not even these aren't you know the the we're, we're out of the realm of primary sources here. right? Put it that yeah. way.
1: Um, we should say Kyrie did eventually delete the tweet a few days later. Um, and, you know, I guess there's this thing with the ADL. We're, we'll see what happens. Um, I think what, what has been interesting for a lot of observers, and, and a lot of people chimed in on this, I think, very smartly, uh, both Jews and non-Jews alike in the, in the media and, and NBA. You know, the guys on TNT uh, last night pretty much ra- all roundly condemned uh, Irving uh, including George, Charles Barkley, who spoke about it significantly, and, and we should say Charles Charles does have a Jewish Jewish yep. son-in-law, um, as, as we saw in videos. Uh, thanks, thanks yeah. Chuck. Um, you saw him horroring at his his daughter's wedding last year, um, but there really hasn't been any strong condemnation from the NBA, uh, and I think that's been the most interesting thing. You know, Kyrie is a VP on of the Players Association. Um, but the NBA hasn't sanctioned him in any way; he hasn't been suspended. You know, this is as far as we know a voluntary d- donation. No one's, no one said in any statement from the NBA. Uh, you know, this is in lieu of a suspension or fine. Uh, and I think that's been that's been pretty glaring to a lot of Jewish Jewish. They're sort basketball of hoping
2: fans. it will go away. You know? Yeah, absolutely hoping it'll go away. And you saw, you know, it was written about by friend of the pod Louis Keen and forward today. But last night there was sort of a group of fans all wearing stop anti-Semitism clothing, sort of sitting front row right at Kyrie. I mean, he did acknowledge them, you know, whether he did so uh, begrudgingly, we can't know. But um, he did sort of acknowledge them and thank them for yeah. coming. So, you know, it's something It's something to be said that at least there's some conversations happening going on. Um, but it's really sort of the inaction by the NBA and sort of whether or not it's support, but complicit silence Kyrie is getting is really... Uh, uh, posed a lot of conversation. Right. So, so actually thrilled to vote pretty much the entire episode. So there was
1: one point about this I wanted to talk about, which is that, you know, uh, Charles Barkley in his comments said that he thought the NBA dropped the ball. He thought that Adam Silver screwed up. Uh, and the way he put it, I don't quote him, I think Adam should have suspended him. First of all, Adam's Jewish. You can't take my $40 million and insult my religion. Now, I understand the, the basis for that. You know, that Adam Silver has a vested stake here. He should, of anyone, he should be the most uh you know adamant about suspending him but i my feeling is it's it's actually the opposite that because he is jewish uh and because he is the commissioner of a league that's you know 80 85 percent black he f- does not feel comfortable wading into this territory and saying i'm suspending you i think he knows that his position is is always sort of tenuous and and if you know they, there isn't support from the players and the, and the owners and all that he can't, he can't continue to be commissioner or can't continue to be. Yeah, he needs to be
2: a friend to everybody, yeah. but I think it is. He needs to be a friend to everybody. I I,
1: I think it is a, uh, you know, a, a soft bigotry of low expectations situation here. Uh, the, the majority of the black NBA players uh, who comprise the league would understand the basis for the suspension. And uh, to think otherwise is, is, is in itself demeaning. I mean, I, I, on the other hand, you know there has been a, a silence from most NBA players that's been pretty disappointing. Um, obviously, there, they, you know, we, you, you talk about, uh, you mentioned that when we spoke with Jeff Perlman, he he pointed out the the NBA is by far the most progressive league. We've seen NBA players be very vocal and be leaders about this uh, in lots of other ways,
2: and it, it, it's, I, I would
1: say, it's disappointing that that more people haven't spoken out against uh, against Kyrie in this situation.
2: It's, I, you know, I think there's probably. More at stake than the average fan can think. You mentioned he is a union VP. There could be internal politics involved in in doing something like that. There's also, you know, we don't know necessarily what the amount of latent anti-Semitism is going on in in uh, the in the league. My guess is it's probably some mix of, you know, non not a lot of exposure as opposed to act active malice. Um, You know, not hearing from somebody who's traditionally been a leader on this stuff like LeBron James, I have to say, is disappointing. But I also think that, you know, as you mentioned that Adam Silver probably doesn't want to get involved and wade into this for fear of backlash. I think, you know, one of the ironies and protections that the anti-Semite takes advantage of is that anytime they're punished for speaking out against the Jews, it's because the Jews are after them. Um, And I I think Adam Silver might be sensitive to that. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. the, The Jewish... The Jewish arm that controls the league, punishing someone for, in his own mind, speaking truth to the Jews. You know, as you mentioned, there's Kyrie is even tweeted that he's got an army behind him. Look, it's um, it, it's like and it's not necessarily a direct threat, but it's certainly something Adam Silver has to be aware. Look, of. it's like
1: it's like criticizing someone for being too defensive. You know, there's no way to defend against that without proving yeah. them right. If you if you allege a uh, wide ranging conspiracy among people that is trying to keep you down and and censor any. Uh, any uh, you know digression against their worldview or whatever, and, and then and then you are chastised for for say, speaking out against that. You've sort of been proven right. I mean, I, I think in this case, I don't know, a suspension, a fine would have been reasonable in this situation. But uh, or you know, we haven't. Re- I guess we just got this ADL thing, but
2: we haven't really gotten an apology from Kyrie or an explanation of, of what this was. So, and and his statement actually notably does not contain an apology. Yeah, so
1: I I think this is just. I don't know any number of things. I don't think this is the end of it. Uh, I guess it's something we'll continue to monitor and continue to talk about. It's disappointing, you know. Uh, this is not our first NBA anti-Semitism scandal. Um, obviously, there was the Myers Leonard one last year. We we talked about in a March twenty twenty one episode. Uh, I I am sad to say that I don't think this is the last. I, I guess I wanted to start this conversation. Uh, absolutely not. I, I wanted to start this conversation with a with a positive example, um, talking about Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Um, I think I think we, someone we've talked about in the past as well is, is Ray Allen, who uh, I think was on the board of the of the Holocaust Museum in, in DC, um, or, or you know at least has been involved with them and involved with Holocaust organizations a different way. He wrote for the Players Tribune about uh, traveling to Auschwitz, and you know has been a uh, you know a, an advocate and, a, and an, ally. an ally and a mensch. Yeah. So it, I'm not trying to suggest there aren't counter examples or that there aren't people who are. Being vociferous about this, obviously the former players who yeah, great former example. players who, Inside the who are NBA, part of the media yeah. now are are willing to speak out about this. But I, I remain, like many Jews and and non Jews alike, I think, and you as well, a little disappointed with with what the response has been and a little mystified by it. So, um, yeah, I, I you know I'm, I'm I, I there's been a lot written about this and talked about, it and I, I think it's it's been mostly on the right track. Um, but I do think that an element of of that that hasn't been I don't know, dived into deep enough, maybe because it's such uh, murky waters is, is sort of the origins of black Hebrew Israelite ideology, what that means, what that means for black Jews and Jews of color uh, here. And I think we're very lucky to be joined by Rivka Campbell uh, to talk about that. So let's go now to our interview with Rivka Campbell.
0: Did you know April 2023 is Israel's 75th anniversary? In honor of this huge milestone, UJA Federation of Greater Toronto is planning an epic trip to Israel, and all of Canada is invited. Israel's anniversary, Yom Ha'atzma'ut, is a -a one-of-a-kind experience. Streets are filled with parties, fireworks, music, and dancing. On UJA's Israel 75, you'll get to join the celebration. 75 is not a regular anniversary, and Israel 75 is not your typical trip. You'll get a truly unique experience of the country, no matter how many times you've been before. With 10 specialized tracks, you can create an itinerary that is totally personalized, whether you're a foodie, an adrenaline seeker, a TV buff, or politically minded. The best part? You can mix and match tracks on different days. Embark on a thrilling adventure one day and a culinary experience the next. Let your own interests be your guide and experience everything Israel has to offer. To learn more about the trip, visit UJAIsrael75.com. That's UJAIsrael75.com.
1: Uh, so, so we're very glad to be joined tonight by Rivka Campbell, uh, host of the CJN's podcast Rivkush. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Rivka.
3: You're welcome. My pleasure.
1: So, we wanted to have you on to talk a little bit about um, the obviously the Kyrie controversy and the the movie that he tweeted a link to. Um, we've seen people talk a little bit about the parts of it that are anti-Semitic, um, and we can talk a little bit about that as well. I, I've watched the documentary. Uh, Even calling it a documentary is sort of an exaggeration. It's sort of like a a YouTube video, video.
2: somewhere between a YouTube video video. and a PowerPoint
1: presentation. Yeah, except it's three hours long. Um, Yeah. So I I, I say I watched it. I skipped through parts of it, but I I did watch the bulk of it. Um, And we want to talk a little bit about sort of what is the black Hebrew Israelite Israelite movement and its relationship with Jews or I guess mainstream Judaism maybe is a better way to put it um, and talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, in the in the video itself, the the main anti-Semitic points that are sort of, I think, things that have been highlighted by other people. That's important is there is a reliance on fake quotes. Um, one attributed to Hitler. That's that's you know support for this idea of a Jewish conspiracy uh, using black labor in America, which is a sort of I think long time I don't know Klan talking point. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, and the other one is this, uh, I think I think the origin of it is a white supremacist who made up a comment by uh, someone who, a, a Jewish person who was deceased, who I think had been involved in politics. I'm not sure who they were uh, exactly, but it was a f- totally fabricated interview. And part of that is, you know, Jewish power is based on the idea that 6 million people died in the Holocaust, and, and that's nonsense, you know. So th- those are the two main, um, I, I would say... <laughs> overtly anti-Semitic things like no one is going to debate the anti-Semitic nature of, of those things uh i mean you know using a hitler quote as a support for your argument in the first place probably not a great way to start but fabricating one also, and using it as a
2: worth pointing out that they spelt hitler's name wrong in <laughs> oh, the on. in the quote they did um they spelled yeah. it with a ph um, i'm sorry it's
3: ph like I Adolf. That Adolf. Kind of... Adolf with a P-H. Oh, like, like, pH. I'm like, with a pH?
2: Maybe that's, that's maybe, a trip. <laughs> maybe okay. they were it was actually some other guy named Adolf Hitler. He just spelled it different. Just saying. Just saying. But no, they, they spelled his name wrong. It wasn't a particularly well researched Hitler quotation.
3: Yeah.
1: Um so again, those are those are sort of the main parts. And I guess I, you know, the rest of the video is I would say a combination of like phrenology and an attempt to use the Bible as a historical document primary source um, in a way that like I think any biblical scholar would say like, okay, this is not the way you could possibly use this to be interpreted. And a lot of like, I don't know, sort of very like basic level numerology slash wordplay, I would say Mm -hmm. seems to be the, the basis of it. So, I guess I want to talk a little bit of uh, talk with you a little bit about like, you know, what is the basis for Black Hebrew Israelite ideology? Is it inherently anti Semitic um, when people talk about that or, or raise those ideas? And, you know, sort of how that factors into this whole, this whole I don't know, alternate worldview, I guess, of, of uh, uh, an African American connection with what they call Israelites.
3: Right. Oh, whenever I hear black Hebrew Israelites, like my whole body, you know, that just like like a balloon, it just deflates. Because it's been something in particular for black Jews, Jews of color, just this 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 entity that has actually made our existence hellish at times. Okay, so why is so- that Why is that? Because we have this group that especially when you don't know when mainstream jury doesn't really know who they are. So you have this group who are purporting to be black Jews. And let's be honest, some of us are like, oh, that's 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 cool. Like, you know, come to our synagogue, speak. And then they perpetuate this story and you know what we need to do is actually dig deeper so it is i sometimes liken them to i compare sometimes to like we have we have um islam we have muslims sure and then we have the nation of islam right okay so i kind of say they're kind of like our version of the nation of islam right okay hmm. I, I know too in like research I had done years and years ago that even I think now I I can't verify this quote and I don't want to sound like them making up quotes, but <laughs> apparently, you know, one of the famous heads of the, oh that's how I'll couch it. Head of the KKK said they're kind of, there are, they're the black version of us. That, that's, uh-huh. that speaks freaking volumes. So here's the thing. It is essentially, and I hope I'm saying this accurately in my opinion and it's replacement theory. Okay. Okay. It's like you all who are European Jews, et cetera. And they would probably include me in that mess or just say that, you know, Oh, you're just, you're a confused girl. You're a confused black girl. But they basically would say that you're the fake, the frauds and the phonies that, you know, they are the original Jews, full stop. Right. Come from Africa. We are the original Jews. Every, you know, basically Black people are the original Jews. No basis for that. It's just a form of Black nationalism. They have, and they they kind of make it up as they go along. Because there is no, there's nothing concrete. And, you know, we have this group. I also... There's different sects of them, and some of them have been branded as anti-Semitic, 100%. You have, you know, the group that some people I've only had the pleasure. I've never had the pleasure of being in the U.S. and seeing the ones on the street who yell and scream at people mm-hmm. and, and right. look like they're, you know, look like they're from some black blaxploitation movie. Um, like I haven't had the pleasure of seeing that. But we have our version in Canada who have literally accosted me in the, on the street corner. I remember when I was like basically a teenager going to. What is it called now? The old Ryerson? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Toronto
2: Metropolitan University. The, the okay. university formerly known so, as Ryerson.
3: No, as exactly. And I remember I'd walk down Young Street and all of a sudden it's like, hey, sister, hey, sister, every day. And then one day I was finally turned around and I went, I'm not your bleeping sister. And I, I went off. And but, you know, my daughter had the same thing. They've accosted her. And, you know, my daughter's like, well, I'm Jewish. No, you're not. You know, are you? What kind of Jew? We're the real Jews, my sister and all this chest beating. Right. So, but here's, here's the thing. It does damage. It does damage to us as a people. And when you, when you solely also base it's it's a flip side of, you know, sometimes what I talk about. They are solely bla- basing who is a Jew actually on the hue of the skin. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it ha- it boggles my mind, actually. And that we, we fall for that, including African Americans, Black Canadians, whatever. We fall for this. And... I remember when I was in Israel, I was speaking to a, um, an African American that I know, and we were t- Jew that I know, and we are talking about we were talking about Hebrew Israelites because there's an offshoot of them. In Israel, also
1: right. And I think right? that's like it's a small community. They've gotten some weird status where, like, they they live in Israel. They have a community. They're not. I don't think they're Israeli citizens. Like, no, it's, just, it's almost like an American colony or something like that. It, in in a, you know, in the Negev.
3: Yeah, it's interesting. I, and I could elaborate a little bit on that too because I've actually where I was living when I was in Israel is very close to there. I was in Arad, and so I, I ran into a lot, including the original ones who. Landed in Israel. But nonetheless, and I said to her, she said, you know, I said, what is up with this? And I, because I know the history of the Hebrew Israelites, they came out of Chicago, some of them bounced to Liberia, and they bounced to Israel, and so on and so forth. And she said, we as a people, she said, sometimes you gotta cut us a break. She said, We as African Americans, we struggle because we were brought here. Our history and our, our our the things that made us us was stripped from us. And we came here. And she said, Some of us just don't know who we are. So we, we're holding on to to whatever we can. And she said, sometimes it does manifest in things like this, because. Some of us just don't know where we where we're from, so I had a little bit of, eh, but just a mm-hmm. little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it,
0: anyway.
1: it is an interesting it, it is an interesting point because I think there are some uh, Black Hebrew Israelite congregations or sects, whatever you want to call it, who are are not as I would say militant or nationalist with their ideas. <laughs> Uh, like Capers F- Funia, uh, who's often sort of the point person as a
3: he is yes. more
1: mainstream representative of this community. 100%. I, I think his approach, you know, his I think he would say that they're, you know, now at least in terms of the congregation he runs, is a Torah based congregation. It is a uh, has embraced parts of you yep. know, conventional uh, rabbinic Judaism, Absolutely. and I, I think, I, I guess, and I say this without knowing so much about it, the practice, but I do have a feeling that it's like. As a, as you were saying, you know, I understand, you know, the African American experience and, and a distance from uh, a connection with the culture because because of slavery or the nature of African American, uh, you know, be, being enslaved people in, in North America and, and mm-hmm. Caribbean other parts of the world. Absolutely. That the idea of cre- creating a shared history or myth or whatever you want to call it. Can be incredibly powerful and i think that that's been a lot of the you know uh, pan, pan african and black nationalist movement has relied on that so the idea of saying you know there are parts of judaism that are i don't know admirable or that we can connect to or whatever it is and we're using that as the sort of allegorical foundation of our community we do not literally think that we are descendants of israelites who were scattered through africa and then reconvened or in the other uh, bh i you know, that the Native Americans of, of uh, North America are all the lost tribes as well. But, but what they're basically saying is, you know, we are a community where we are practicing a, a form of Judaism or, you know, we're, we're incorporating lots of mainline Judaism, but we have this sort of shared myth. And I don't know. I mean, there's parts of just to sort of play devil's advocate a little bit, like there are parts of Judaism that are ahistorical, let's say. I think we know that, uh, for example, yeah. the, the story of Jews being slaves in Egypt is not necessarily uh, borne out by history. Uh, and yet we all go to seders every year and, and talk yes. and tell that story. And it's a very important part of uh, our culture. Um, now, like it, I, I, there are some Jews who would, I'm sure, you know, debate you to, to the death to say that, of course we were slaves in Egypt. I think there's others who would say, well, it is a story and it's a sort of creation myth that we have. And it's important in that respect, even if it's not literally true or, or if there's some truth to it and some not, I mean, I don't think I, I would think I, I don't want to get too, too deep into the religion here. Some people think Moses says, uh, it's part of the Red Sea. Some people don't, um, but it's you know, there's all sorts of so.
2: magnetic effects and geological implications.
3: And I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, I'm Rivka, and I do not work for a synagogue. <laughs> 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 As you're going down, I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, but so, I do hear what you're saying. Oh, yeah, all, all that to hear what say, I. You're I, saying. I
1: you know, I do think there's a way of sort of doing this that is that is sort of bridging the gap or, or you know, going mm-hmm. beyond cultures. I mean, I still take your point that you made at the beginning, which is essentially, you know, as a, as a Black Jew, it's difficult having to constantly fend off being associated with a group that does not represent you in any way. And I can, uh, you know, appreciate how difficult does not
3: represent doing. me and actually um, slanders my people, my Jewish people, um, makes it you know you can you can incorporate parts of our religion christianity does that mm-hmm. without saying we are the original jews and that's the disturbing bit right and it's like you know carter ben or whatever his name is because i always mess up the order of his name and he was ahead of the demona bunch and ultimately what he ultimately his goal for israel was to And I'm using the word literally properly, was to literally take it over and remove the interlopers, the European Jews, right? And replace them with the true Jews, which is us. Right. That was all. And people will say, oh, he softened it over the years. No, he did not. He just learned another way to navigate to navigate, to make it palatable to those around. And the people in Israel, yes, you are correct. They don't have Israeli citizenship, but they did strike a deal that they could get, some of them could get permanent residency um, in exchange for their children would have to serve in the army. And, you know, and some of the younger generations have left it because it does have a very cult-like atmosphere. And so they've left and some have converted to Judaism and live full lives as Jewish Israeli citizens.
2: Um, it's it's you know the, there's an example in the sports world, sort of both Jewish and Israeli. But Amare Stoudemire, who's been very vocal about ah. this current sort of issue, is he? You know, in the last sort of ten years, has been on a journey of you know being a, a somewhat outspoken Black Hebrew Israelite. You know, he sort of pivoted his belief, and then and then converted, went through the full conversion process to sort of a more modern orthodox rabbinic style of Judaism, as as yeah. Jamie would say. Um, so I think it's sort of a, a, a path in, whether if, you know, for some people, um, as you said, there's it's leaving the cult-like mentality and a lot of deprogramming. Um, but it's, I think, you know, that where a situation like Kyrie Irving or a situation like Amari Stoudemire separates itself is that... Kyrie Irving seems to to not have the found reverence of his beliefs that other black Jews do, especially those who come Mm -hmm. to it sort of later in their lives.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) When um, when uh, Mr. Stottlemyre, when he first we were all like that was interesting among us black jews were like oh no not the h i <laughs> like why man why why are you gonna do this to us and why are you going to israel and talking like this you know how hard is this gonna be for us to be able to get into the country now you know <laughs> like, yeah. we were really nervous <laughs> we were super freaked out because he has a platform he was ex- you know and as as does this li- this person and um it is very dis it, I can't even really articulate how disturbing this latest round of—I can't swear. This latest round of poop. You has can swear. Been,
1: right? We don't.
2: We're. Yeah, we, you can swear. We,
3: oh
1: dang. We've got plenty okay. of plenty of potty <laughs> talk <laughs> on our show. You can,
3: you can do better well, than
1: dang, actually. Here. Oh, <laughs> I, I,
3: oh wow! I feel liberated. But you know, oh wow! I feel liberated. Anyways, this latest round of shite has done sure. to mm-hmm. us. You know, because once again. It's a person of color, an anti-Semitic person of color. So black Jews are now back thrown out there to have to, and you know, I'm doing this because this is my choice, but there's some of us who are now going to have to hear, hey, why aren't you speaking up? Why aren't you doing mm-hmm. this? Why aren't you doing that? And it's like, it's bloody exhausting. But, and, and it's like, oh my gosh, people for some of this HI stuff, our own Jewish community perpetuated it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's... they
3: perpetuated it because they were so afraid of being racist so you have perpetuated garbage that actually has a backlash on jews of color
2: mm-hmm. and a, and great point I and I, I, a, I think, yeah i, Sorry,
1: I was just Jamie, gonna say go i think I, I think the focus has you know rightly been on anti-semitism and the anti-semitism applied in this but we're probably not taking full account of the degree to which this is affecting Jews of color of all kinds and, and black Jews specifically, or black Jews in Canada and North America mm-hmm. who, who have to deal with this sort of association and, and, and also <laughs> the burden of, 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 people saying, well, why aren't you speaking out on this? And, and obviously uh, plenty of black Jews have spoken mm-hmm. out on this and, and rightly so, but it, it is unfair to <laughs> demand an expectation of, uh, yeah. you know, every, every uh, Jew yeah. of color or black Jew does, does have to speak out on this necessarily. But, like even like Amari Amari was on first take uh, an ESPN program this morning. Which, you know, he does from time to time. And also he was on, he was the Nets coach last year. Um, but I did think it was sort of funny where it's like, um, well, you had to you had to have Amari on, like you need we need to have Amari's take. And it's like it, it's a well, little unfair. You actually do.
3: But <laughs> he can speak to it from a di- No, he speaks to it from a different angle because we just talked about how, you right. know, at one point he was on that side, kind of mucking around. Yeah. And then he kinda of shifted, right? So he really can speak to This nonsense. It's true. And it's a hundred percent. I'm sorry, like people who try and to also just skirt it because I know he's trying to say, well, just because I posted it doesn't mean I'm (laughs) anti-Semitic. And it's like, okay, whatever. The bottom line is just because you're not calling for death or death or however you want to call it, con, whatever, Mm. just because you're not overtly calling for our death does not make you not an anti-Semitic person. You're still replacing us. The language that you're using, the point that you're making is anti-Semitic by virtue of you trying to erase our existence and replace it with yours. You're perceived. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That by virtue is. You don't have to be out there using the K word and all this stuff. To be branded as anti-Semitic. You are, dude. You posted bunk that advocates that we don't count.
2: There's this bizarre trend I find in a lot of like, like modern anti-Semitism, especially we find it, it comes from athletes. It comes in sports a lot that people sort of believe a lot of negative stereotypes about Jews, but strangely that they're a good thing. Like, Oh, Jews are so good with money. Isn't that such an such an advantage in society? Or Jews oh, are so my insular. Gosh. Isn't that such an advantage in society? And I feel like a lot of the, this sort of um platforming of just asking questions about a lot of mm. whether it comes from you know BHI athletes or just sort of general the anti-Semitism discourse now sort of hides behind like a fake revelatory view of it.
3: Hmm. Yep. Yeah.
2: Um, and awesome. to me, that ex- at least I think that might explain some of the the desire to identify with Jews as like an aspirational people, um, but not for the reasons we like as Jewish people.
3: Exactly. Exactly.
2: I,
1: I think it's also interesting that um, as you talk about the replacement, there's I, I was thinking back to the the press conference he did sort of in the first couple of days after, and um, you know, part of what he said was. Uh, you know that how could he possibly? Basically, that how you know how could he be accused of anti-Semitism when he himself is is a Jew, or he you know, he's he's the real chosen? I, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. That was I, that was the first thing I heard that I was like, right. oh God.
1: <laughs> so I find yeah. it, it, it's such an interesting thing because it, it's sort of like it, it, it's bad enough, it, as you say, the replacement is, is really the hard part. It's bad it's bad enough to deal with anti-Semitism. It's worse when someone say, and also, and and Kanye is sort of you know I I, I know is a different issue, but been wrapped up in all this as well in the same rhetoric and said the same thing about like, how could I be anti-Semitic? I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew too.
3: Come on. Like, come on. Cause even you brought up Kanye. One of the things that actually, you know, that does cross my go through my mind every now and then is I'll speak as I will speak for all black people. No, I will not. But, (laughs) But we all knew, we all knew this man was batshit crazy when he was talking about his own people. You know, right. oh slavery was a good thing and all this stuff. So don't try and tell me I can't be anti-Semitic because I'm a Jew. Kanye West was racist AF and he's black.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he was
3: he was pushing racist tropes as a black man. So don't feed me that crap.
1: Well, it is interesting to see the way that this is all sort of played out and uh how it continues to play out. I mean it's something we're continuing to I don't know, monitor. I, I'm impressed, I would say, to a certain degree by how long this has stayed around as a story. Like we're on day four or whatever. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like often this gets swept under the rug. But I hope it is a, at the very least, if nothing else, and this doesn't make it worthwhile, but at the very least it is a way for people to learn about this and, and learn a bit of, a little bit more about, uh, you know, BHI and its origins and what it is mm-hmm. now. And, and and you know, I think uh, for a lot of people, is it is a persuasive uh a persuasive argument, I guess, to a certain degree, like it takes a, a little bit of, you know, removing critical thinking, but it is a nice story. Uh, it, it, you know, I can understand the people who are drawn to it to a certain degree and, yeah. you know, having tracked this and continue to, you know, unfortunately read the replies to tweets yeah. and things like that. Um, there are a lot of people who are, who are very much on Kyrie's side and, uh, either who've watched documentary or been exposed to some of that, uh, some, some of the BHI, uh, ideology and thinking in other media and, and they are sort of persuaded. So of
3: course. I don't know. I hope,
1: I hope there's some but change. To that.
3: It's like anything else. It's like anything else. Ultimately people, whether you're black, white, whatever, ultimately people want to belong to something. They want to have an identity. I mean, they want to, you, you know what I'm saying? So that's, you know, some of the reason that people are attracted to, um, white nationalist groups. It's like, I, this is my identity. This is what I'm fighting for. This is my power. This is my strength. This is who I am. We ultimately all need and want that. That's right. And when you're struggling, like I said earlier, and you're struggling for who, how do I fit in? Who are my people? What is my identity? You know, then things like these that speak to the bits of you that are missing and, and, and gives you a sense of strength and Power and belonging, of course, are going to be attractive to you. Of course, they are.
2: I mean, you uh, know, uh, QAnon is a perfect example of it going on in America right now, too. Um, it tends to attract people who live on their own and may, uh, you know, don't necessarily have much else going on. But it's something that they can share, right? It's a shared. We know exactly. something. We're the in group, and you're the out group, and we know part of that. Um, yeah. I do have a, a question. I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier. Um, I think you might have hinted at this, but I won't spoil it for the listeners. You know, there's been a lot of discussion over somewhat of a tepid response from the NBA and the NBA Players Association. There's been very little, um, you know, formal consequences for Kyrie or any player that's sort of spoken in his defense or or silence around the team seems to be moving on business as usual. You know, the coach, Steve Nash, left yesterday. Um, there's some debate whether it was his decision or not, but he did, he is no longer involved and they've now hired a replacement coach um, who in his own right has lost a job due to a sexual assault uh, uh, allegation or experience. So it's not... Well, no, I haven't... They haven't, pl- they haven't hired him yet. But they, they haven't fully hired him yet. They might yeah. by the time this episode goes out, but we can talk That's about true. that ever. So the organization seems to be not moving in the correct direction. But I'm curious. You if you're, yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. yeah, I'm <laughs>
3: I wish people could see my face. I was like, okay, okay, and what's what's next? Is there a serial killer you need for the ball boy? Like, maybe. The, may-
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised. They do call Kevin Durant uh, the Slim Reaper. But um, I... I I want to know your thoughts on why maybe the NBA, you know, Adam Silver is is very interested in social justice and is a, you know, outspoken and proudly Jewish. Do you have any thoughts on why there hasn't been a more formal response from the league?
3: I don't know. Okay. It's funny because <laughs> no, 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 for real, because I don't understand it myself and it's funny. I was having this conversation earlier this evening and I said I don't understand why there's been this this silence. I said, Kanye West, everybody like jump, and boom, lost this, gone, 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 gone. I mean, the, it was like blink, 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 blink. Oh, you blink, blink, boom, everything, right? Nothing. It's this eerie silence, and I'm telling you, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, like. Uh, even this other, it's not the same sport, obviously, but I even think of, you know, poor poor Colin. Look at the backlash for what he did, that very sure. simple take a knee. And he lost almost everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, this guy has come out with vitriol and nothing, nothing like, um, even like a simple... Statement saying the NBA does not support, just something, but it's like crickets. Yeah. And they're just, and he's just like running with it. It's like, are they hoping he buries himself? Like, I'm like, wh- I, what's your end goal? And you keep clean because he, he'll just end it himself. Like, you know what I'm saying?
2: Part of me wonders if but that's, come on. that's it. Um he's I mean, I think there's sort of a low expectations factor here. Like we're talking about a guy who was, you know, a proud enough anti-vaxxer that he gave up thirty million dollars in order to do it to, to like to because he didn't want to get vaccinated. Oh. So you wonder if and so they're figuring
3: just, he's gonna Darwin himself kind of thing. You <laughs> know? Yeah. Like,
2: like <laughs> either that or just like like he you know, this is a guy that puts himself in the news constantly for being contrarian and and selfish. Let's you know maybe we can't expect any better of him.
3: But then again, Kanye West—he didn't have. That's true. He's been, as spirally- you said, he's yeah. been misogynah for like <laughs> years now. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, what's what's Kanye gonna say today? You know, like it's so. I- but yet. Consequent and people at adidas adidas knew that about him they knew he was a loose cannon they can't tell me they just figured that out sure. you know let's harken back to you know the push of what's her face the singer we know he, you know what i mean like taylor swift instance. yeah it's like we know he's it's going back a ways so what is it about the nba you
1: mm-hmm. know what i think that's a good place to leave, leave it uh <laughs> Rivka. we came we came to you for answers and and you did you, you get left us, any we got plenty <laughs> But we also got a question to to answer in the yeah. future, and I think it's honestly oh, well that's it's, the it's, Jewish it's, way, it's the, my friend. It's the, Jewish, the Jewish way. Absolutely.
2: It's absolutely the Jewish way. Uh, yes, so I, honestly, got, I think that is that is something we're talking about. we got three of us and five well. opinions. Yeah, so
1: <laughs> it, it, it's something we're going to continue talking about because I, I think that is the most, uh, unfortunately, the most salient point going forward is just that the response has been silent and uh, disappointing. Well, thanks again to Rivka Campbell for joining us uh, and giving us some great information about the uh, BHI movement and uh, what it means for Jews of color like her.
3: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity and you guys are awesome.
0: Hi. I'm Meredith Shiner, and I'm the host of a new podcast from Tablet Studios called The Franchise, Jews, Sports, and America. In this limited series, I'll be talking to journalists, athletes, professional sports nerds, and more about the intersections of contemporary Jewish American life and sports culture. This show tackles the big questions like, do we still need Sandy Koufax as our icon? And are the Mets the most Jewish team in sports? And... Are sports just? But really, it's a show that uses sports as the prism to explore the most pressing issues for American Jews today, from identity to justice to assimilation or lack thereof. The show is serious and fun and serious fun, and I hope you'll listen to the franchise wherever you get your podcasts.
2: A uh, huge thanks to Rivka for appearing on our show. She was a, a great guest and a great conversation. That was a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, sort of brought some some real background and intellect and experience into, you know, our interpretation of this most recent NBA controversy. Um, I do want to sort of finish the show tonight or finish our conversation with uh, quoting Shaquille O'Neal, the big Aristotle known for his wisdom throughout the time in, in his NBA, in the NBA, um, and sort of I'm I'm going to butcher a little bit here, but he says, this is the game uh, we love and we promote to bring people together, and now we have to answer for what this idiot has to say, uh, and I think that's probably a, a pretty good, uh, uh, you know, pretty good Uh, a crystallization of, of his experience and, and certainly Rivka's of what uh, uh, she told us she's been going through since, you know, whenever a a situation like this happens Um, and, and it sucks. And we've devoted this whole episode to it because it's, it's urgent and it's interesting and it's worth talking about. But we, unfortunately, I think it's Shaq really nailed it when he said, we all sort of have to answer for what this idiot has to say. Yeah.
1: Uh, Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, We'll see you back in a few weeks with, you know, just normal stories about like whether Alex Bregman <laughs> or Garrett Stubbs won a World Series MVP. I mean, probably Bregman could theoretically if the Astros win. Or, you know, uh how, Auburn, how Auburn has goes, a, uh,
2: season yeah, Auburn, finish.
1: Auburn has a new athletic director whose name is John Cohen and was somehow born in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Let's dive into that story. That's a good mench warmer. Yeah, let's uh let's let's find out for next time. So story. you know, I I guess this is just sort of like we pay the piper, which is that like Every 10 episodes or so, we have to do one about anti-Semitism because there's a something that goes on that, that prompts it. So this is the one for uh, Q4 2022. Hopefully there isn't one again <laughs> uh, until I, I'm going to go. Over until Q3, the next anti scandal. Yeah,
2: yeah, until then, we'll, we'll be back with a regular shtetl talk until the next anti-Semitism yeah, exactly. scandal.
1: As always, uh, we're produced by the Canadian Jewish News. You can find all Canadian Jewish News content online at the Uh Please like and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, please follow us at Mentormers on Twitter. I would say this week, uh, you know, if you want a, a clearinghouse for stuff about Kyrie, this has been it. I would say, uh, just off the top, I really recommend Diana Moskowitz's piece at Defector. Uh, I thought it was great, and uh, it's, it's Jesse, on our
2: Twitter account. You can find it yeah. on our Twitter account, and,
1: and widely shared as well. Jesse Rubinoff's take on Tim and Friends, uh, I thought it was great as well. So those are on those are on our Twitter account, and uh, worth checking out. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining us.
0: The Dunfield Retirement Residence offers customized living options to complement your independent, active lifestyle. Welcome home. Welcome to the Dunfield. Visit us at thedunfield.com to book a personal tour.